I'm, I'm hype about tonight's topic. I love what I'm about to preach. I'm privileged to be your youth pastor. My name is Jonathan. For those who don't know me, I would love to get to know you. You are incredible, and I love you already because the love of God is in me, and if the love of God is in me, that means I have to love you no matter what because you're incredible. God created you just the way you're supposed to be, and he is your savior even if you don't know it yet. Praise the Lord. Come on, y'all. We're going to have some amens tonight from the house. Come on, real life. Amen. We are privileged tonight to be in a significant move of God called Real Life Student Ministries. It's a privilege. Can I tell you guys tonight that this is not normal? Can I just remind us, it's, it's hard to believe for those of us who have been involved in it for so long. Guys, we have the most incredible thing in this ministry that God has given us. Every week, lives are changed in these altars. We are one of the largest student ministries in the Assemblies of God in the state of Georgia. Praise God. What we have at Real Life Student Ministries is youth camp every single week. We, we ne I, I personally have never actually won at youth camp. That's kind of like a, my, one of my biggest faults, not really, because I have youth camp every week. So my team is always like, this is normal. And so they don't get all crazy. But all the other youth ministries in the state are like going crazy because they never get what we have every single week. I love to see what God can do through you. The, the theme of this sermon series moving into fall retreat. And I promise you, if you spend, the, if you pay the price to go to fall retreat, I promise you, you will get exponentially more than what you paid for. I love to see the, the theme is, is this is revival. Let's see what God can do through you. And God wants to use you in a significant way. You may not even be following him yet, but he wants to use you to change this world. I love real life. We just recently crossed over to giving $30,000 to Speed the Light Missions in 2016. $30,000. We're, we're already changing the world in record-breaking ways. We're not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God, real life. Columbus, Georgia is not ready for what God is going to use us to do. And I want to tell you this from the bottom of my heart. I love you. You matter as an individual. This may be a big room, and you may feel lost because you don't know a whole lot of people in here. But let me tell you very clearly, you matter to us because you are a child of God. And your life was good enough for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to die on Calvary's tree. And so every single person, the reason we want more people is because we want Jesus to change more lives. And we want God to use us as a ministry to bring revival to Columbus in the Muskogee County, the Harris County, the whole Chattahoochee Valley region. God is sending us to be an example, to bring life to death, to bring hope where there's hopelessness, to bring peace when there's chaos. Amen. Can I tell you tonight that any significant move of God begins with prayer? Any significant move of God begins with prayer. I have had the honor to serve in ministry in a few different moves of God. The first opportunity that I've ever had was in my own high school. 
I was a junior when God set my heart on fire for his word, when he captured my attention and got me off the distractions and onto his kingdom. We began to see our school transform for the better and lives were being set free and saved by Jesus. And it all began with this. It was me and my best friend. And what we decided to do is every day before school, we decided to meet in the senior courtyard and we sat down on a bench and we said, let's pray. And it started off the two of us and God used that small, what seemed insignificant prayer time to be the spearhead of revival in my school. Any move of God begins with prayer. In St. Louis, I, I went, I was a youth pastor in St. Louis, and it was not cool to be a Christian. It was outside of the Bible Belt. People, you said the word worship, and people were like, what is that? And we took a group of eight students, and we started believing God with them. And over the course of a single year, we had over 65 students every single week. It wasn't just people leaving their other youth ministry coming to us because we were cooler. It was genuine, first time ever heard the gospel, saved by grace through faith, and now they're in love with Jesus. It was an awesome move of God. It was birthed through prayer. In 2013, I had the honor of being the youth pastor of a group of young men who played quad A football in the state of Georgia. Their quarterback every week, his name was Jaquez Parks, he would come to me every single week at the altar, and I would pray over him and then after him because he was the leader of the squad, the running back, the, the wide receivers, the defensive back, the center, every single one of the Griffin High Bears would come and they would pray to God with me at the altar. And every week after week after week, they began to win after win after win. And you better believe that the day of the state championship, before they went to the Georgia Dome, they got into the student center and we led them in worship and prayed over them. And we let the fire of God fall in that room. And you better believe they came home with the state championship. It was awesome. I share this with you because anything significant that happens in your life is going to start with prayer. What God has done over the past year and a half at Real Life is directly connected to the fact that every single week we gather as a family, we have a powerful time of prayer at these altars every single week. That is the single thing that we can point to and say that's why God has been so good to this ministry. Let me have your attention. No one talking right now. Come on. Tonight, I want to I share with you guys, so many of us in this room are intimid intimidated by the concept of prayer. And I'm here to ease your tension because prayer is a simple conversation with God, and it's a conversation that builds relationship. If I don't know you, what do you, what do you think I'm going to do to start building a relationship with you? Hey, what's up? What's your name? My name's Jonathan. I love you, man. You're pretty cool. I like your hair. Um, you know, your teeth are always nice and shiny white, too. It's pretty awesome. Your smile is fresh. What's your favorite thing to do? Football. Man, I, I love to pray. I love to pray. I love to play with my kids. My children are beautiful. Sometimes they get on my nerves. But I still love them because I'm a father and the father's heart loves the children no matter what they do. He could, he could punch me in the face and I still love them. That's who I am, right? And we start having a conversation. 
and we get to know one another, he gets to understand, man, I'm a dad. He just learned something about me. He already knew that, but it's okay. That It's that simple. That's what prayer is. See, revival in my high school when I was your age, revival began with two best friends, like I said, coming together, and this is what we did. We asked each other, we said, what's God doing in your life? We said, what's God doing in your life? And then we would ask, what do you need God to do for your life today? And then after we talked about that, we said this simple question, who do we need to pray for? And then what happened was every day we would pray for ourselves, we would pray for each other, and then we would pray for our friends at school. And after a few days of consistently praying, people began to come to us and ask, hey, what are y'all doing? And we said, hey, we're praying. Hey, can I come? Obviously, I'm not going to say no. Of course you can come pray with me. And what started with me and my best friend turned into literally, I'm, I am not exaggerating, we would have almost 200 people filling the senior courtyard every single morning at 6.30 in the morning before school started with people worshiping. We, we had to get guitars out and play worship because all of a sudden what started with something as simple as a conversation turned into revival at our school. I share this with you tonight to help relieve the tension, relieve the intimidation. All you got to do is open your mouth and talk to God, and he can cause revival in your school and in your life. If you really want to see what God can do through you, it begins with prayer. Tonight I've come to say that miracles happen when we pray. Praise God. How many of y'all have ever experienced a miracle, an answered prayer? God has answered your need. You've come to this altar and asked him, God, I need this in my life, and he's answered it. Hold your hand high right now. Come on, don't be ashamed. God has set you free from something, done something. Look around this room. Miracles happen when we pray. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Praise God. That's the power we have in communication with God that we call prayer. Tonight I've come to say to you Real Life Student Ministries, the way that we can make America great again is to bend our knees in prayer. <laughs> Jubilee's mom prayed day after day for her. Y'all, you wouldn't have recognized my wife before Christ. She was hooked on drugs. She was involved in witchcraft. She was, um, she was one of those goth girls like she wore all black and had the black lipstick and like the fishnet hose and the Doc Martin boots and everything like she was legit goth it was scary she was still beautiful I still loved her I was like man who is that girl she's weird but she's cute <laughs> and every single day when she was in that rebellion when she, when she was in the middle of her sin you better believe her mama was at her house praying all the time for her soul. And what happened is Jubilee got sent to retreat, which is about to happen next weekend. 
And my wife, because of the power of prayer, got miraculously set free. And she's served the Lord Jesus Christ for the rest of her life ever since. That is a miracle that is through the power of prayer. Praise the Lord. My eyes, guys, my, y'all, your youth pastor used to be blind. I was so nearsighted that I was legally unable to drive without very strong prescription glasses. And for four months, I got fed up with not being able to see distance. Like, I couldn't read the exit sign. It was ridiculous. And for four months, I began to bow my knee in prayer and fast, and I got fed up with my condition. And I said, God, I know you're the God of impossibilities. I know that your word says that nothing is impossible with you. I know your word says that in my weakness, you will reveal yourself to be strong in me. So I'm praying that you would touch my eyes and allow me to see because, God, you've given me the ability to not just see physically but spiritually. And so, God, I ask that you would heal me. And after four months of prayer, you better believe my eyes are good as gold, baby. We were in El Salvador this summer. And my wife, for 13 years, dealt with a cyst on her wrist. It was painful. It would grow. It was ugly. One time, she actually drew, like, legs like an octopus on it. And it it was silly. It was so bad that in El Salvador, when we're praying with little kids, these little El Salvadorian children were like kind of freaked out when she would try to reach her hand out to pray for them. She was like, ew, what is that? In Spanish, it was like, in Espanol. Yeah, I don't even know. And you better believe that we had a prayer service, and at the end, what she 13 years of having a cyst on her wrist before the prayer service and after the prayer service wait a second there's nothing there and it's never come back and it's not going to come back because the power of God has touched her through the power of prayer tonight with all this election drama i've heard the phrase over and over that we need to pray more now than ever And I've been thinking, obviously that's true, but I've been thinking to myself, processing what that means. And I've been thinking, and I want you to hear this tonight, real life. You can always get closer to God than you are today. You should always be getting closer to God, not just because of your circumstances, but because you want to get closer to Him. That revival comes through vibrant and consistent prayer life. If you want to get close to God, you got to do it every day. And that's through prayer. Tonight I've come with a simple but profound message. If, if you've got your Bibles, it's in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And this is a story. Jesus had, had already died and resurrected from the dead. And he commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples. And they were infused with power to heal the sick, cast demons out. And the church was established and thousands were coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Revival was happening. This was the establishment of the church. And this is what happened. It says, once when we were walking, going to the place of prayer, I want you to see they were on their way to prayer. We were met by a female slave who had a spirit which she predicted the future. That's weird. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but if she came up to me, I'm like, get away from me, girl. You're weird. You got to read the Bible. It's alive and active. Come on, y'all. She earned a great deal of money 
from her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, and this, this is where it gets even weirder. These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. This girl is off her rocker. She kept this up for many days, but get this, finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. Tonight I'm asking God with all of my heart that someone in this room would get the courage to begin to have a prayer life that says, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of my life. Paul and Silas, they were on their way to prayer. And I'm here to encourage you and inspire you that if you are on your way to prayer, you are on your way to revival. These disciples were key leaders that God chose to establish the church of Jesus Christ. And they knew how important it was to be on their way to prayer. Because revival begins with prayer. Read Acts chapter 2. Jesus said, hey, go to Jerusalem. Wait there because I'm going to send something that's going to be powerful. And it's going to cause you to have the ability to heal the sick and transform the blind eyes to be made whole, to, to cause people to understand the profound nature of this gospel. And they went and they, just in a room that was full of people less than this, they intervened and came together in prayer, and what happened in that room was powerful. Read Acts chapter 2 this week. And he used that small group of people, smaller than this room here, to completely revolutionize the world. And these disciples knew that. They experienced that. We strategically do this because we want to teach you. Here's the thing. We want to teach you. We do this thing in, in fall retreat. It's called Silent Covenant. How many have been to fall retreat? How many have had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit during Silent Covenant? Raise your hand. God spoke to you in ways that, that a preacher, I'm just a man, but the Holy Spirit speaks when you get alone with him. And we're going to do something. It's not weird. It's not eerie. But we're going to have what's called silent covenant at fall retreat. And it's going to be a time that we consecrate to hear from God. And the reason we strategically do this is because we want to get the distractions away so that we can focus on Jesus, right? A powerful and a practical way for revival to come in your own life is to daily be on your way to prayer. We also need you to be on your way to fall retreat. Sign up tonight. No shame. God wants to speak to you and, and intervene and do the miraculous in you. But he also wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear from you. Paul and Silas, they were on their way to prayer, and this possessed woman kept shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. I'm here tonight to tell you that there will always be a distraction for your prayer life because the enemy of your soul does not want you to experience revival. Think about it. Satan understands that if he can keep you from communicating with God on a regular basis, you won't have a relationship with God. Because communication's relationship. I now am in relationship with my friend here. Because we have talked tonight. Praise the Lord. 
But if, if the enemy of our soul can distract us from communicating, then we don't really have relationship. The enemy knows that prayer is a supernatural interaction with the creator of the universe that will change your life and bring revival. He will throw every distraction he can your way to keep you from it. This may be hard for some of us in this room to hear, but your cell phone is not God. One of the biggest distractions we have in our pocket right now is a connection, a way to connect to everyone and every person that we've ever met, a way to look and search for any question that we have. And our, our minds as a generation are so distracted because we're watching Netflix and then we're playing on our iPad and then we're doing homework at the same time with earbuds in our, our ears listening to music. And then mom's yelling at us in the background. There's little children because our siblings are trying to get into our room it's distracting we can't even think straight amen social media twitter is so full of distraction right now i'm not even going to look at it because most of it's trash just because things are are a little shaky right now just because people's feelings aren't aren't really doing well because of what happened last night come on now doesn't mean we have to be distracted Instead of calling one another out in disagreement with hateful comments that are disruptive and hinder our witness to a world in need of a Savior, we should be calling out to a God who wants revival to fall in Columbus, Georgia. Relationships can be a distraction. Come on, gentlemen. She walks in the room wearing what she's wearing, and she looks so good. You're, you're called to worship, and you can't get your eyes off her across the room. She's jumping and praising Jesus. Oh, she loves Jesus too. Man, she's so awesome. It's a distraction. Someone who has a strong faith in Jesus, someone who becomes spiritually mature will begin to look past the distractions so they fix their eyes on the Savior. Oh, Jesus, I love you enough to say, you know what? Your word in Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be added. So God, if I seek you right now, you're going to give me even a, the best girl in the universe that's never going to cheat on me. She's never going to lie to me. She's going to be more beautiful. She's going to be praised in the streets. The Proverbs 31 woman who is a precious jewel to be found. If I search for you, Jesus, you'll add everything else. So I'm going to put all the distractions aside. I'm going to I'm going to face you. That's why the Word of God says to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, because if you do that, then everything else is going to fall. Revival will fall into your lap. Scripture says this woman was saying, these men serve the one true God, and they're telling you the way to be saved. This shows me that even good things can be a distraction from prayer. They're on their way to prayer. Paul let her be for a couple of days, and she followed them, but finally he got so fed up with the distraction that he said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of her. As I've already said, God has done some incredible things here at Real Life over the past few years, but if we want to see revival in Columbus, Georgia, we have got to get so fed up with the distractions that we state with authority, in the name of Jesus, get out. 
Come on, y'all. I'm going to invite the band to come as I close. God put a question on my heart when preparing for this sermon series as we prepare for fall retreat. And this question, listen close, no distraction. He simply said, what will happen if a generation will become more dependent on prayer than they are their phones? What will happen if real-life student ministries will be more focused on the name of Jesus than we are hype? It's always amazed me that God chooses to hear us when we pray. And it also amazes me that we choose not to pray. Like Paul and Silas, distractions come, but we've got to get the distractions out. There's so many times that I've prayed with many of you in this room over circumstances and struggles and trials and tribulations that, that are hindering your life and your relationship with God. And time after time, I'll ask you questions to just get a sense for where you're at in your relationship with Jesus. And time after time, the most devastating circumstances are happening because you're not spending time in prayer. And I'm telling you, if we learn to pray real life, we will have such a life. It's a life, Jesus said in John 10, it's a life that's more abundant. It's life that's better than any other life. And I'm here tonight. We have authority in Jesus' name. If we simply fail, we, we fail to walk in that authority when we don't pray. We can be on our way to revival like Paul and Silas, and when distractions come, we listen more closely to the distractions than we do the very voice of God. And tonight, that's got to stop. Tonight, I've come to say that your prayer life should not be dictated by your circumstances. Your circumstances should be dictated by your prayer life. invite everyone to your feet. Leaders, come quickly. Someone tonight, I'm praying that someone tonight would get the courage and the strength in their inner, innermost parts of your being, your spiritual person, to say in the name of Jesus, my worth is found in the cross of Jesus Christ, not your opinion of me. In the name of Jesus, the fighting in my house has to stop right now in the name of Jesus temptation has to stop the Bible tells me that if I resist the devil he has got to flee God is faithful to provide a way of escape in the name of Jesus like Paul said to that woman in the name of Jesus get out what if all of us in this room said in the name of Jesus tonight is the night where my best friend will get saved Tonight is the night where I'm going to be a willing vessel to say, God, if you can use anyone, use me. Let's see what God can do through you by the blood of Jesus. We're one of the most distract distracted generations ever, but I also believe the second reason we stop praying before we start is the moment you begin to function in the power of prayer. That is the moment you have a target on your back. And a lot of people are too intimidated by that. What happened with Paul and Silas in this story is the owners of this young lady 
were so upset because she made a lot of money for them. And they had Paul and Silas beaten and thrown into prison. And our lives are so comfortable that we're like, don't touch me. I don't want any business in that. But let me read the rest of the story to you. Because in Acts 16, 25, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. What? About midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Come on, y'all. About midnight, Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and at once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. That is the power we have in prayer. That's called revival. And so right now, I want to invite every person in this place to close your eyes, bow your hearts, because there are people in this room right now, you feel like you're in the middle of that prison. You feel like you've been beaten. You feel like you've been thrown in jail. You feel like you've been deceived. You feel like life has given up on you. God has given up on you, and you're left for dead. I'm telling you tonight, if you want to see the, the bondage broken that you feel in your life right now, you got to do one simple thing tonight, and it's pray. So you're in this room tonight. Some of us have, have, we feel like we're in prison because of our own undoing. Some of us have gotten ourselves in the circumstance that we're in because of the sin that has been so prevalent in our lives. Some of you, you feel like you're in prison because of someone else's sin, because of someone else's hatred, because of someone else's disgusting sin. Tonight, I'm telling you, we serve a God of revival that wants to set the captive free. So if you're in this place tonight, you feel like your relationship with God is non-existent and you're in spiritual bondage, all you have to do is pray and believe. And tonight, the chains can be broken. The bondage can be released. You can be set free if you will surrender right now and pray. So with every head bowed, every eye closed right now, that's you and you want this freedom you want revival in your heart I want you to raise your hand and hold it high and we're going to pray for you come on right now thank you Jesus everybody say it loud right now dear Jesus tonight is my night tonight I choose to lift my voice in prayer in worship I believe that you are the son of God I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that your penalty was the penalty that I deserved, but you took it for me. You spilled your blood so that I could live. And so God, I've received your forgiveness. I receive your freedom. God, I accept your revival. Set me free right now. I refuse to stay chained I refuse to stay beaten. I refuse to stay down. Tonight, I choose revival in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.